What are you telling an agent right now that's struggling in real estate? What would be the mindset? What would be the tactical things they should focus on in order to continue to grow their business in these times? Welcome back to All or Nothing in Real Estate. I'm your host, Matt Smith, the founder of All or Nothing in Real Estate. This podcast is a movement to give back to this industry that has given so much to me and my family. And guys, today we have a very special guest. I was honored and privileged to see this gentleman speak at Sales Power event in Salt Lake City. Um, he had the whole room moved with his story, his successes. Um, he's also been a guest on one of my mentors and friends podcast that I talk about all the time, Andy Frisella's podcast. Um, so without further ado, let me introduce Will Grimes. What's up, man? How are you, buddy? I'm doing forgive good, me, man. Uh, forgive me for eating a little bit while we're uh, on the go and, and doing podcasts. So apologies in advance. I hope I'm not smacking in your in your ear or anything like that, brother. No, all good, man. We're you're a busy man, so I appreciate your time. All good. For those of you that have been living under a rock and don't know who Will Grimes is, let me take you in a little backstory and I'll allow him to dive into his story. But he runs a real estate team, so he's relevant. Um, they'll do about two hundred million dollars this year. Um, similar to my story, if you guys have been following me for a while. He hasn't always been this amazing, successful entrepreneur. He has an amazing history and story we'll dive into. Came from rock bottom, lived with his mom, kind of lived in the pantry, so to speak, for a while. Drove an Uber and a Lyft, and it wasn't even his car to make things to get by for a while. And now he is in the top 1% in real estate, running an amazing real estate team. He's got some coaching things going on and living life on his terms and living big. So, Will, man, for people that don't know you, let's start with a little bit. Who is Will Grimes? And how did you get to where you are? Yeah, mildly interesting, man. Played a little bit of pro baseball um, in, in the farm leagues and, and had a buddy pass away on his first deployment in Iraq. And it just kind of changed my mind on some things as far as like where I was putting my time and wanted to be a part of something bigger than myself. And so long story short, man, I, I left for the Marine Corps and I was a part of the Marine Corps for, man, just under a decade. From there, did some uh, mercenary work, some government work. And then from there, uh, police officer work. That's where, if you know, when you heard me speak, I was a Medal of Honor recipient there. They call it the Guardian Angel Award. Um, from there, I ventured into fitness, helped a buddy build a fitness brand. Uh, we built 14 brick and mortar stores that that crushed, similar to like GNCs. Uh, they were just called something else. And we did a couple of other different things in addition to what GNC did. We did some food prep and some some different stuff. Um, yeah, man, and that was just where I really had a an opportunity to just see that hey, entrepreneurship could be for me, right? Like I, I was yeah. number two in that startup. We crushed it. It was just time for me to just grow my own thing and ventured out, grew my own thing and and started into real estate, man. And and just to give some words for of encouragement for others, I don't I don't run a team. Um it's me, it's my business partner, it's a buyer agent, a TC and a virtual assistant that's doing that many transactions a year. So no team. I don't even think teams are needed anymore, man. I think teams can be a a, a huge load as far as cost. I think there's a lot of liability that team owners take on. Um, I love EXP's model as far as like uh, seven leaders of leadership, uh, seven levels of leadership. I love how you can pour into people around the world. I love how you can, you know, help people build their brand and their business, but you're also not babysitting and and it's not predicated on you putting them on some Zillow drip lead yeah. for them to be a part of your team. So I want to be super clear. We've got a couple hundred agents that work with us that are in our network and we help them build their brand and their business. But there's no more babysitting. We ran a team at Berkshire for a long time and we were in the top 0.5% in the world for them. And there's just, there was just no time for my own thing. It was just team meetings every Friday, you know, accountability one-on-one -on -one meetings, Thursdays and Wednesdays, Tuesday, I was teaching a class Monday. I was starting the week and just getting admin done. And, and you're doing a ton to light a fire under agents to get them to perform at their max. And there's a lot of cost and risk as far as like owning the team. Right. And, you know, the, the reality is a lot of your great team members, you know, and we didn't do any leads, man. We, we grew that far with no Zillow leads, no realtor.com leads. But here's the reality. A lot of your great agents on teams, they're going to end up breaking off and making their own team one day. Yeah. They're going to venture off. They're going to be, and as they should, they're, they're killers, right? They're, they're awesome. Folks that tend to stay on teams, you know, like it's no disrespect to anybody. I don't think they're the entrepreneurs of the real estate business, right? I don't think they're the entrepreneurs of our space. I think, they want that structure. They still want to feel like they're somewhat of an employee answering the leads. And it's just very limited, I think, in, in you know, I guess in, in how I see things. I'm not necessarily the end-all, be-all. 
And I just think there's a better way to do real estate nowadays. And I'll tell you what, man, with, with EXP's model, I don't know where everyone else is from. Uber cool, how we can influence people's brand and business literally around the world. And some of our biggest hitters, buddy, are in Florida, are on the East Coast. And I'm in Denver. And there's yeah. some of our highest contributors that just crush. But I'm not babysitting them, right? So, again, everyone to each their own. I've done that model. I've ran it. I've ran it at the highest level. I just don't think it's as ROI positive nowadays as some might think. I love it, man. And and just uh, this is why I love um, high level conversations because I know I can say what I'm getting ready to say, and you won't take any offense. I agree and disagree with you. I understand 100 percent what you're saying. But what I what I the way that I run my business, I do run a very I run a mega team, but I'm also with EXP, so I have both avenues. Right. And so I have right. model for an agent that needs a team or wants a team or wants to be a part of it. And we're growing rapidly so we can have what I call entrepreneurs. Right. Maybe the people that don't want all of the aspects of the team leader and still we can find a way there. Or if someone wants to do their own thing, man, they can, we can just give them our proven model and box and plug and play them in EXP. And now they're a partner doing their own thing. Um, but, yeah, I absolutely love the EXP model and the opportunities that it gives to everyone. Right. Cool, man. Um, I want to. I want to kind of dive into right now in the current state, uh, current space. Um, I, I'm not sure if you're feeling into the struggle, but there's all these mainstream media nonsense and all this craziness about what's going on in the real estate world and the world's going to end and all this craziness. What are you telling an agent right now that's struggling in real estate? What would be the mindset? What would be the tactical things they should focus on in order to continue to grow their business in these times? All successful agents man, have multiple lanes of income, right? So when it, if you're an agent in doing transactions, you should have at least three lanes of, of income coming through for transactions, i.e. repeat business and or your follow-up, your sphere of influence, leads, YouTube. Like you've got to have like, what are your lanes where like leads actually come through? Mo more times than not, man, agents right now have one. It's their their sphere of influence yep. or it's it's a lead. And or it's they're in love with, they're in bed with Zillow, right? And then Zillow changes referral fees and it completely changes the game. Yeah, you're just, it's that, right? So like for us, we have a, a YouTube channel that makes multiple seven figures a year. We do, last year we did just over 140 transactions alone from our YouTube channel. That wasn't including our sphere, wasn't including repeat business, wasn't including referrals or anything like that, right? So that's a huge backbone for us that also costs us zero money to run, so Imagine that PL, right? Of of doing that much GCI and it not costing me any money to run my channel. That's a huge backbone for us. But man, we're we're great at just, you know, just building our brand, brother. So our CRMs are all locked in. And how much repeat and referral business that we get from that is a, is is awesome. And then, you know, our YouTube channel is three years old now. And guess what people do every three to five years? They sell their homes. So now we're coming into this whole. Uh, maturity to our channel to where we're getting a lot of sells and buys Yeah, from the next phase of our channel. So not only do we still have a lot of buyers that are coming through, we now have sellers and buyers that originally came from our channel that bought with us. They're now selling and buying for the first time with us on the backside. So the channel itself has two different lanes of income that come through now that it's matured. And again, we're not talking about farming. We're not talking about social media. We're not talking about, you know, like sphere of influence. Like th this is just one platform that creates two different lanes of income. But if you want to be successful in this game, you just got to get a bigger reach on where your business comes from. And when interest rates go up or if, if the market kind of stabilizes as far as how many buyers or sellers that are out there right now, well, if you never had a lot of reach in the first place, you know, like then you're, you're going to be it's subjective to like how well you're going to do right now based off of like what you can tap into. And, you know, man, unfortunately the past two years allowed a lot of mediocre agents to feel, to feel better than they actually are at something. Yeah. I mean, that's just the reality, right? As a, as a lot of agents, man, that got into the game two years ago, two and a half years ago, they they thought they were a lot better at something than they were because of of 1.9 and 2% interest rates. And they didn't build their business. They were just grabbing everything they could. And that was the that was the norm for them. And now we're getting into what we call probably more of a healthy market, right? There's no bubble. There's none of that. Go, go talk to a... Oh man, what's his name? Uh, Ricky Caruth, man. His page, he breaks things down pretty well when it comes to that stuff. But real estate market's fine. What's not fine is realtors. 60,000 realtors got out of the industry last year. If you're yeah. listening to this and you're still around, hey, good on you. But look, man, like just like in sports and, and playing Major League Baseball, 
There's standards and proficiencies. You can stay around in this real real estate game as long as you like. But there's me one thing that's clear. You're either making it or you're not. So I don't get too hopped up in the news, man. I don't get too hopped up in clickbait. I stay fundamentally sound in my business and on my business as far as what we're doing to like take care of customers right now and educate. And then what we're still doing in order to incorporate more clients by the day. Right. Dude, I love it. I love it. Um, the last two years has allowed agents to think they were better than they actually are. Dude, that's gold. I couldn't agree more. And it's, it's no this. disrespect, right? No yeah, disrespect. Sure. Like a lot of these agents, the, they started running downhill from the, from the gate. So they got these, they got these, uh, these jaded 40 yard dash times, buddy. Dude, I love it. Like, let's go back to your story of like your hardships that you, as you were, as you were developing into your entrepreneur that you're doing now. And yep. for those that are familiar with my story, the hardships that we've had, like, I believe life happens for me, not to me. Right. And so like, I, you can't control of how many times you get punched in the mouth, but you control how you get back up and what attitude you do it with, what lessons you learned. And I think that a lot of agents haven't learned those lessons early on when they got in the business two, three years ago, they didn't have those hardships, those lessons to learn. And so now their expectations are false, right? Like those hardships are our biggest blessings because when you get knocked down, you learn a lesson and be like, I'm not going to do that again. And you learn the activities that you need to take. As an example, if I have a new agent onboarding in my team, somebody in my network, if they get a contract the first month, I'm upset. I'm like, damn it, we failed them. Yes, I want them to get quick contracts, but I want them to learn what it takes to build that. Like if they get a contract their first week, I'm like, they're onboarding screwed because they think that's what their expectations are. And so like as an agent to build a business, it takes 90 days to get a business going new in this business. It takes time, your YouTube channel, it takes time to build all those things. And I think the agents that got in the business the last three years aren't with the instant gratification society that we have now, they're not, they're not willing to delay that gratification by doing the work now, knowing they're not going to get a result for 90 days to six months from now. Yeah. And it could be the other side, man. Like, I mean, maybe they got a contract in their first two weeks because they're studs. Sure. But like, I, you know, like when I say a lot of agents, you know, um, think they're a lot better than they actually are because of the market that we're in these past couple of years. I didn't say all of them, a lot of yep. them, right? Like for me, man, like I got True. my first deal under contract two weeks in a real estate. And I did 34 deals my first year, no leads, no nothing. So, yep. you know, like, and that was, you know, seven years ago. So it wasn't 2% interest rates. It was a pretty stable, healthy market. And to go 12 months without a deal was considered normal. Most people were getting their first under contractor closing six months into their career. I did it in two weeks, you know, but like, so for just like the opposite, we talk about how do you, how do you get back up when you fall? There's this other side of the coin when it comes to high achievers. And it's a mindset of like, how do you react after a win? Right? Like, like when you win, like, how do you show up after you win? Yeah. How do you romanticize it? So it's, it really just comes down to the individual and, and where they're at fundamentally and what they're committed to, man. And I never had a goal of 34 deals my first year. I never had a number goal, period. I thought, I thought having a number goal was just complete bullshit. It was arbitrary. Right? When someone says like, hey, how many deals do you want to do this year? I don't fucking know. 20, 30, 40, like where, where, like this number's fake, dude. It's, it's arbitrary. We're just going to pick a number and then people are going to tell me, all right, well, on average, you'll do one deal for every hundred calls. So if you want to do 20 deals, you're going to make 20,000 calls or whatever shit they're going to tell you. I stayed focused on the fundamentals that were working for me within social media and my, in my sphere of influence. So people, I did seven deals from the gym. I did a couple deals from my daughter's school. I did a ton from my social media. Like, I was staying focused on the fundamentals. I was staying focused on the work. I didn't even know I did 34 my first year until they were giving away awards. And I was a first year agent. And I, I thought I was in like the mid or, or low twenties. I did. I was at 34. I was focused on the work knowing like if I'm focused here and as I'm focused on the work, I'm making improvements on what needs to get better. I'm tripling down on what's good for myself and I'm focused there and I'm not emotional about where I'm at. I'm going to let, I'm going to let the cards fall where they may. And they fell at 34. So now here's the deal. Once I did 34, my first year, well, now I know what I'm capable of. Yep. So now for my second year, now can I build a goal from there? Well, yeah. Cause now it's not fake. Now I'm not just pulling some number out of the air. Now I know, Hey, based off of my skill set and my resources and my discipline and my work ethic in the first 12 months, I did 34. So how can I improve upon that number in my second year? 
now that I've got a body of work. It, dude, it's no different than you going to the gym and having a goal to bench 225. But what if you're just naturally strong and you bench 225 the first time you go in? We don't act, right? But then there's some guys that no matter what, just the way their shoulders are, brother, they'll never bench 225. Yeah. So where where where's the goal? Like, where does it? So I've always just been focused, man, on putting myself around the right people, applying myself, being focused on fundamentals. And like, I've got a, I've got a, a, a goal with my work ethic. How consistent can I be every day? What does my after action report look like at the end of the week? Am I doing the work or not knowing that if I am and I'm making improvements every week, the number is going to fall where it should. Right. So, you know, the advice for the ones where you get a little nervous, you know, like I understand why, especially as a team leader, but I've been there. So I understand, you know, when you get nervous, when they get one their first week, you know, but it's like, cool, man. Great. But how are you going to show up after a win? That's right. Did you procure that? you know, by, by doing the work or did it fall in your lap because your aunt happens to be buying a house? And are you mature enough to know the fucking difference to stay focused on the work? It's no different than sports, right? Like the, the most interesting time to watch athletes isn't necessarily their rookie year. It's their second or third year when they've had a great first two years and they're getting ready to sign their next actual real contract. Patrick Mahomes and his rookie contract was not good. It was it was good, but it's once he played three years in the league, what do you think his next contract looked like? Yep. So how he shows up after he wins. Hey, buddy, you made it. Here's the money. How do you show up after that success? How do you show up after that win? That's going to say more about you than maybe starting from rock bottom, right? So it just comes down to being fundamentally sound. And, and if people are here to build a business out of this, it doesn't matter how big that first contract is. If that somehow gets you to think, you know, that like you're somehow figured it out. Well, that you're character flaw. Dude, I love it. You helped me with the perspective shift. How do you, so I'm curious, Will, how do you show up after you get a big win? What is your mindset? Yeah, I don't, man, I just, I don't know what a big win is for me. I don't know if I identify with it, right? Like I think, Believe beneath beneath the surface, man. I probably have like a a little bit of fear of ever feeling like I've arrived, yeah. or I, I've made it. Like ah, here we are, made it. It's like because I think there's a lot of complacency there. You know, um, I think I get a lot of purpose helping folks. Right, like I, I coach, I speak around the country. I'm still involved in transactions. I'm still a practitioner. Right, so. I get a lot of value from serving. I get a lot of value from leading and it's just more about the focal points within that than a here today, gone tomorrow transaction. You know, I think what really jazzes me up about a win is, is when I coach somebody and I, and like, I'm more jazzed up about other people's wins than my wins, yes. not necessarily to their face, but it's like, dude, I'm always, I, I think the reason why I, I stay, uh, I stay clear of, of what you're talking about is because every time I have like a big win, like for example, let's use our YouTube channel. Our YouTube channel's made $4 million in the last, I don't know, two and a half years, right? It's a big producing channel. But I was using that channel's success, not only to like get these transactions and stuff and cool, and, but then we started building a YouTube course and started creating training of like, hey, how can we take our success with our channel as, and use it as a platform for the next level of success. So we're taking the success from our channel and building an online course. And then I just started to do national level coaching. Right. And from here, we're able to stand here because of our, our channel success. Yes. So from this, we're able to go here. And now that we're here, Hey dude, I've got other people that I coach winning. So now I'm able to go here now. Right. I'm speaking for Ryan Pineda in January. That's pretty dope. That's a, that's yeah. a big one, but I always see my big wins brother as a platform that is supposed to help my next win. I love it. So Does that make my, sense? Yeah, hundred percent, dude. It's I, I knew where we were going to go with that. That's why I asked it. And so I'm a quotes guy. Um, and so a quote that reminds me of is if you live your life by my accomplishment is my new standard, you will never be complacent. So when I accomplish something that is now I know to your point of the 34 transactions, you know, you can do 34 transactions. Sure. You have the mindset of that is my new floor. That's not my ceiling. That is my new floor. Now that I've done. See, I, floor, I love talking else? to you. I love talking to you, man. Cause it creates good conversation. Cause like, I agree where you're coming from, but then I challenge it. Right. Like, 
Let's do it. The words, the words always and never. I've been in too many gunfights, buddy, to ever think that that's, that's just going to hold, hold true forever, right? So my thoughts go to no matter what I do, brother, we're never going to not ne just never be complacent. Never complacent is like, ah, oh, it's unrealistic. Yeah. Knowing that complacency happens to humans, I just need to identify where I get complacent so I can prevent it as much as possible. So knowing my weakness is a strength. So I, like, I see where you're coming from, but I go opposite. I embrace the fact that we're going to be complacent. It's more so about minimizing the margin and then knowing like what makes me complacent, right? So for example, story time, right? Like I was, we were in our second house. We had, we were renting after that pantry, right? We were in this one bedroom town home for about 18 months. From there, we move into a house where it's like four houses down from my significant other. We just had our, our baby, our son cash. So he's, he's almost one year old. And this place was for rent for 2,500 a month. Now that was, that was steep. Cause I was going from 1400 a month to 2,500. So $1,100 more a month. And we were there for about three years. This is about 18 months now into real estate. In the next three years, our podcast blew up. Our YouTube channel blew up. And I was now making over $800,000 a year. And I remember Eli, my business partner, he was like, he was like, I think he took his family somewhere for Thanksgiving. So we were working remote. So I wasn't meeting him at the office. I got all my mandatories done in the morning, buddy. Come 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I remember I had this huge beanbag in my living room. This thing was baller, right? It's so comfortable. I ne I'll never have one again for this reason. Come midday, man, come 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I get all my mandatories done. I lay back on this beanbag. I turn on ESPN. I take a fucking nap. Oh, it was awesome. Second day comes around. Same thing. Got my mandatories done. Everything I need to do for the day. Cool. Third day. Same thing. And as I'm laying back on this beanbag, it catches me and I go, what the fuck am I doing? Like, okay, I got everything done that was mandated, but like, what am I doing to work on the business? I'm just taking care of the, of in the business, right? What am I doing for on? Like, I'm not doing anything throughout my day to grow the business, right? Why? And here's the reality for me, what makes me tick and knowing my complacency. My lifestyle no longer required all of me. You make an 800 grand a year and your rent is 2,500 a month. I had a truck payment for 650. So I call my lender, I tell him I'm bored. I'm bored. Like within 90 days, I was in a $3.1 million home, right? Never once did I take a nap in that house. And as I'm going through the house at night, I don't know how all the lights got turned on in this place, maybe timers and I didn't know how to work them. But every fucking night, the basement, the movie theater, everything was on. It took me 20 minutes to turn the lights off in this house. <laughs> Never once was I thinking like, can't wait to take a nap tomorrow. Like it just, that house was pushing me. Now we got, we got pregnant again. We moved back to the, the town where, where my in-laws are at. And this house is about one, three. Cool. But I've got an S8 and I've got a twin turbo Lamborghini. They're fun. And my kids like them. They're also this gas line that pushes me to do more, whether I want to or not, because there's just certain obligations I have to contribute or pay for my own stuff in addition to everything else. And I'm not telling people to go buy a Lamborghini. What I am telling you, though, is we're going to be complacent because we're human. So thinking that yeah. that's never going to happen is what will get you in trouble. The word never is literally the epitome of complacency. Thinking you're never going to get complacent is exactly what's going to make you fucking complacent. It's thinking that it won't exist because you're motivated. Nope. It's like, for me, I just put things into my reality that some people might think are a little flashy or a little this, or a little that. And I don't flash my stuff a ton. It's more for me. But dude, I've never been driving that Lambo home thinking, I can't wait to get home and take a nap. Yeah. No, driving it. I've checked this box. It was a childhood dream to have one. And I'm just more sharp. And even days I don't like feel like getting after it. The reality is I like living in a nice home. The reality is I like having nice things. And the reality of that is it's it, it's a, there's a certain requirement of me in order to maintain that. So that helps me minimize a lot of like the complacency, man. I love it. Dude, I love that perspective. hundred percent. It's like, dude, maybe yours is like having zeros in the bank, right? Like everybody can have, you don't have to buy a car. Yep. It doesn't have to be that at all. I'm just trying to get people to understand what makes you tick 
what really drives you. Not mo motivation is just temporary and it comes and goes and we got it. When you're driven towards something like what really gets you up, man? And it's it's lifestyle for me. And then I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you, man, coaching. I don't know about you. I know you said yes. you coach well. Coaching is probably the, one of the sharp, one of the things that keeps you most sharp. Like, dude, when I was the, when I was the lead counter sniper instructor for the Marine Corps, my last year that I was in, I never felt like a better gun gunfighter than when I was an instructor. Cause you are so refined and brilliant at the basics and consistent because you not only have to teach it and you got to teach it 10 different ways to 10 different dudes, but that was a leadership school. You weren't teaching young Marines. You were teaching squad leaders and above. So not only did you have to be so well-rounded to deliver a message several different ways, in the Marine Corps, buddy, if you can't do it, you ain't teaching it. You better be a better gunfighter than anybody that comes through that school. Sure. And I was just so – like I had never felt like a better Marine than when I was teaching. So once you hit us – now, it doesn't mean people should go teach when they're new. What it does mean is when you get adequate – and you are now, you know, uh, respectable at a certain level to where you can be a leader. There's this new drive you have because it just it sharpens your toolbox, man, and it it just makes you want to stay on point if you care about others. Because, dude, I want to be proficient at, at what I coach to, right? So yep. there's a whole nother level of accountability slash drive, right? When it comes to coaching, and I think that's why I kind of encourage a lot of like successful agents right that are in the top one percent top five percent if you're feeling a little stagnant or if you feel like you lack motivation or drive coaching and introducing yourself to that is is like the the breath of fresh air or the nitrous on the motor that extra kick that gets you into that next gear right so i think between lifestyle and, and coaching man it's like it minimizes my my opportunity for complacency because there's just so much going on that we got to stay tapped into. Dude, I love it. And I think, and it, you said it perfectly. It's find what works for you, right? Each, each human being is different. Find what works for you, dude. I'm, I'm not so much the lifestyle, but the coaching dude, that speaks to me. Um, yeah. My team makes fun of me because like they ask me, like people ask me, they interview me and they, they're like, Matt, why do you keep going doing what you're doing? And it's the best way I know how to explain it is I'm chasing my next goosebump. And like, everybody's like, what do you mean by that? Like, because I have moments in my life where I'm in front of other people and I'm sharing a message, I'm sharing a story and I can see I just impacted that person's life forever. Sure. I know their life will never be the same from being in the same room that I'm a part of. And yeah. that's what I'm chasing. That gives yeah, like, For me, it's like twofold. Yeah, it's like, I definitely want to create value for a ton, right? And I know we're creating a value, a huge value for a ton. And that's like the external, what I want to do for others. But then yes. internally, man, it could be the competitor, it could be the Marine in me. Could be the ball player me. I'm here to be the I'm I'm here to be one of the best to ever. Do it. Period. So like I, I definitely want to give and help others. It's like, hey, not only do I want to beat you, I want to help you and give you everything I have and still beat you. Like I, oh, yeah. I want I just want to be one of the greats, man. But more so when I mean greats, it's it's entrepreneur and it's coach, right? Like I come from a long line of leadership. There's a lot of respect in the in, in especially in special operations as far as like what true leadership looks like. And I think there's a lot of muddy water in real estate. I think there's a lot of charlatans and there's a lot of smoke and mirrors. Yep. I really take a lot of pride in like when we're teaching YouTube, when we're teaching different things, it's like, these are things that actually made us millionaires that we're now teaching. I'm not teaching you bullshit. I haven't done. I'm not teaching you. I'm not your breath work guy. I'm not your say 10 nice things in the mirror guy. Not that that shit doesn't matter. But at some point, man, people need the real how to's in real estate to put themselves in front of more clients you know, to win. And man, we take a lot of pride in that. And and my next big goal per se with public speaking and, and the Ryan Pineda stuff is like, I, I, I want to be on the map to be one of the best coaches to do it. Right. And I think the big reason behind that is if you, if you're deemed that you get that award by your peers, yeah. you get that award by all the people you helped. Right. Like, and it's, it's, it's that dude, that's where it becomes fun because now it's bigger than you. Right. Right. I love it. So, dude, I, I agree with everything you said. And like, I was just thinking as you're, I was processing and like selfishly, I want to help others. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense or resonates with you, but like, yes, yeah, I give to others a it. Yeah, it feels but good I also to help do it because I love doing it and it fills my bucket. Right. Well, here's what's cool about real estate, man. And coaching is the more I help others, the more I'm also helping myself. Yep. Right. Like 
that's great, right? Like, hey, if I can become more financially successful by building a company around helping others become financially successful, there is no bigger win. Like, where else can you where else can you do that? Like, you can't do that being a high school football coach. You're going to dedicate your life to that. It's not necessarily financially rewarding. And I've got a lot of buddies that coach, so I'm not, I'm not knocking it. But what I am saying is what's really cool about the real estate world is there's so much to dive into. There's so much to give back with. Yet it's also beneficial mutually to everybody, which is great. Nobody has to necessarily sacrifice and... You know, and like, I'm just, I'm pretty candid when I say that, man, not to, not to be brash or to be, you know, polarizing, but it's, it's the truth behind why we're all in real estate. Like nobody's getting into real estate to get by. Yeah. Nobody's getting into real estate to, for, for those reasons. It's like, Hey, we want to help a ton of folks, whether it's buying and selling homes or coaching realtors, but we've also got our own level of financial success and business success that we want to have for ourselves. We want to create a certain lifestyle for ourselves. And you're going to create that by helping others create it for themselves. It's like, dude, it's it's super cool. It's a really cool industry to be in if you can do it right. 100%. I think like coaching is one avenue, but we talked about this earlier. Is like we both have this EXP avenue that we can have that relationship and not we can coach without coaching, right? So it's another aspect that we can get some of those same feelings. 100%. And, um, I want to uh, go through a couple of things. Like if an agent is like right now, there's there is – change going on in the marketplace. There are agents that are struggling, 60,000 agents out of the business. What is your thought on change? I heard you speak on this and it was a very powerful message. What does it take for a human being that's listening to this and they're like, I really want to make a change? What do you think it takes to have that change inside of a person? It's, it's got to be their their own paradigm shift, man. You know, like unpopular opinion, I guess, from from me is I don't think everybody should make it. You got 60,000 agents that are no longer in real estate. And then how how many others have their license because they renewed it last year and they're not even active? Like, we're just counting the 60,000 that got out. We're not even counting like the ones that sat down on the bench and gave up. Yep. I'm just not necessarily the guy that wants to convince them to come back. Like, dude, these are the most expensive sells and buys of people's life. Yes. And now we're talking about, you know, like court court rulings and Buyers potentially having to pay for their own buyer agent or what does it even mean? Does it even mean that at all or whatever? Like skin it however you like, right? We're not going to go down that rabbit hole today. But the point is, it's just going to require a more professional agent. Yes. Right? Like you're going to like, but what's wrong with that? Like, and maybe it's because I come from such a high standard in the Marine Corps or professional sports. Like those, those, both of those career paths I just told you are some of the most unforgiving you're either good enough or you're not, brother. You're either good enough or you're not in the Marine Corps. Like they, they don't let you just get into certain certain units or or pass certain schools. Like, no, man. You're either good enough or you're not. Professional sports, same thing, man. You're either good enough to reach the next level or you're not. And if you're not, you're out. Entrepreneurship or real estate, it's like, well, dude, the bear of entry is so low to, to begin with, which I'm not against. I'm okay with that. I don't think you need to make it more hard. So I think a lot of entrepreneurs that do great aren't the best test takers. Yeah. I think some of the guys that are best at service and helping others aren't necessarily the best test takers. So I don't think the bear of entry should be higher, right? Because like if, if that were the case, then why are so many kids that go to college unsuccessful after college? Because the bear of entry for college is way harder, in my opinion, than a real estate license. Yes. But why make the bear of entry higher? We've already proved that that's not a good model in college. It's so high in college that people graduate with a degree, come out and don't know what to do. So why would a higher barrier of entry make anything better? It's not. It, like What matters is things that are getting more restrictive, right? Things that are getting more, more predicated upon agents just having to be more professional. And then just let the market decide who's good enough or not. You're either going to get deals or you're not. You're either going to do a great job or you're not. People are going to trust you with the most expensive sales and buys of their life or they're not. And in the court ruling and agents getting out, it's like, well, there's a land grab. If you're building your brand and your business, if you're professional, if you know what you're doing and you set a standard, you're going to be here. If you're not, cool. But dude, like think about me for an example, right? Like baseball, left it. Marine Corps, left it. Government work, left it. Police work, left it. Fitness industry, left it. And now I'm here and I love it. So if somebody if somebody leaves real estate, but it takes them somewhere else and they love it and they crush it, 
Is that any different than me? Like the only thing I'll tell you is I just, I never quit any of those industries. I pivoted from one to the next, but anytime I was in it, I gave it my all. And I was just done with that phase of my life. And it was just time to move on. I never half-assed it, right? I never half-assed it. So there was no quitting. There were pivots, but man, if it's just not for you or you're not understanding or you've given it your all, I just, man, I'm just, and maybe it's unpopular, but I'm just not the guy that wants to convince every realtor that they're a warrior. Yeah. And convince every realtor that they should be here and you stick it through. It's like, and then here's the other thing, right? Of like, well, Will, no, no Marine left behind, right? Yeah, you're right. No Marine left behind. But do you know how hard it was to just get approved to be the Marine? Do you know how many people we left behind in boot camp? Do you know how many people didn't graduate school of infantry? Like, well, they got left behind. So, like, by the time you get to the no Marine left behind, there's been a lot of schools and a lot of stuff prior to that where they did get left behind because they didn't meet the standard that deemed them Marine. Yeah. Correct. So like when you, when you correlate that to real estate, it's like, no man, I just, there's gotta be a certain standard and you gotta want it. And so, you know, like it'd be selfish of me to try to tell people what they've got to figure out in themselves to, they've got to find their own paradigm shift and quit quitting should have been taken off the table a long time ago. You know, if they're going to be around, but I would say like when it comes to, you know, if you're new being on a team and learning as much as you can on how to go create business for yourself and how to make sure the business you're conducting is is correct, like with contracts and everything, you've got to put yourself around the right people. If you're yeah. if you've been in for a while and you're and you're stagnant or you're you know you're definitely not growing, probably time for coaching. And you've you've just got to get yeah. open minded when it comes to social media, YouTube, and some other things. Cause the bottom line is you gotta get in business, you just have to get more reach. So where are you going to find more reach to make yourself more successful? I think those are the most important things. Yeah, I love it. it. When you were saying that, like, not everyone should make it. It may be unpopular, but I fucking agree with you 100%. It wasn't made. Not everybody was made for it. Not everybody was made to be a Marine. Not everybody was made to be a real estate agent. Right. Yeah. Whatever your profession is, not everybody was made for it. And it's it's fine. It doesn't make you wrong. It doesn't make it right. It just is what it is. Dude, I heard this quote. I was at um, I was speaking at FubCon uh, for Follow Up Boss. Yep. And um, I heard this quote and like I laughed in front of the room and like I was the only one that laughed. But they said something from the stage. Well, everyone's just saying you got to stay alive until 25. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that's your mindset. Just, hey, let's just survive until 25. Like, yeah. come to my market. I want to compete against you. Right. Like that's that's just that mindset's not going to cut it in this market. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, unless you have a spouse and a second income in your house and you can do one deal a year, but that's the other problem, right? It's like a lot of folks, they're good enough or they're, they're doing just enough and, and yeah. they're comfortable or they don't necessarily have to do more. So why would they? Right. And again, it, it goes back to complacency and, and you know, where you're rooted and why you're doing it in the first place. Right. Dude, that's great. Um, so what I was fishing for, there is a quote that I heard you say, uh, the sales power event, people don't change until it's too painful not to. Yeah. Can you share some thoughts on that? Man, you're giving me too much credit for being too more smart than you think I am. It <laughs> means exactly what I, it just means exactly that, buddy. Like, like let's use relationships for an example. We've all had that friend that was in a relationship, right? And it's like, they should have dumped that person a year ago. Yeah, maybe so. But our parameter of what we'd put up with and their parameter for what they're okay with Clearly they've got a lot, a lot bigger thermometer for putting up with shit before it's painful, right? Like when it comes to, you know, physical health, you know, some people can be, you know, a lot more uh, complacent with their overall health because they haven't gotten through enough pain yet from being unhealthy before they finally have an intervention and go, man, I gotta, I gotta get a hold of my blood sugar. Yep. Some people are just more hypervigilant to that. But the point is everybody's threshold for pain is different. Right. So, but the reason why I talk about pain points and the reason why, like when I coach or when I'm speaking, you know, I, I, I tell some of my own stories that are painful. It's, it's really, man, I'm telling my story in efforts to get you to identify with your own. It's not so you know more about me. It's so my stories somehow help you identify with your own. And I want you to identify with some of your painful stories because I feel like that's where the change is going to come from, from you. Right. And like, What's an eight out of 10 on a pain Richter scale might be a five out of 10 for somebody else. So they just, they just don't have enough pain yet. And like, that's that whole thing about, you know, dual incomes or people just really having something to lean on with a spouse as much as that's a benefit. And, and I love that. 
my spouse works. We, we've got dual income. I love it. You just got to understand that that also might be blinding some of your pain that you, you want your own successful business, but you're just too afraid and you haven't had enough pain to actually have to be forced to go out and do it. Yeah. So sometimes like that pain can be a real positive reinforcement for you when it comes to getting after, right? But man, like what's, again, what's so hard about it is people either turn up, turn a cheek to it or they're just not identifying with it enough to really get them out and get them after it. Hundred percent. It's it's that self awareness is missing sometimes, right? Um, and if it's sometimes if it's too painful, once it becomes too painful that they have to make the change, they just don't have the power to make it. And I think you and I are sharing a similar message of like, wake up now. Don't let the pain be the reason for change. If you're able to change before the pain gets too good or too sure. far, too severe, then yeah. you'll be way better off. And look, man, you didn't get fat overnight, so you're not going to get right. fat overnight, right? So, yeah, man, like if you need to lose a hundred pounds. Yeah, well, you didn't gain 100 pounds overnight. So you're not losing it overnight. So same thing in your business. If your business is overweight and out of shape and not where it should be, no problem. But if we're just diving in day in and day out to start mitigating some things, hey, before you know it, you're going to have that business in shape and kicking some ass. It just, but the ex, like the expectations people put on themselves of like where something should be because they've been working hard for a week, you know, it's just, it's not, but again, why are you rooted? What are you doing this for? What is this all about? Like if, Right. Like you just, it's just, you got to have something bigger to really lean on for why you're right. doing things. Right. hundred percent. And I think people, let's talk about expectations. People think, well, I can do procrastination is a real thing. Right. And in all aspects of life. Well, I can do that tomorrow. We, we think we can do way, way more in a day than we can actually accomplish. We overestimate what we can accomplish in a day and we underestimate what we can accomplish in a year. It's these small, tiny victories day after day after day that stack up that you look back one day and you're like, holy shit, how did I get here? But it starts with winning the day to day consistently each and every day. Yeah. Like you should know, you should know how you got there. If yes. I'm your coach, you know how you got there. Yes. Because there's systems and processes and plays that we're putting into in play. And when we look back at six months or 12 months, you're like, yeah, cool. This got me here. And if it's not in them, again, this is where we fall back to like, ah, man, like, you're right. Like, and I, it could just be my career and just maybe where I'm at personally. I'm just no longer in a place, man, where I'm going to convince people to be in real estate. I'm, I'm no longer in a place where I'm going to kick people in the ass to do it. Like yep. if it's in you and you're prepared and you want to build this and you're ready to go, man, I'm, I'm ready to help you. And if you're not, I'm super okay helping you with that conversation, but that's just got more to do with you. And I'll guide you with how maybe you should have a conversation with yourself, but you're, you're, it's still more in you and it's still more about you and you answering some questions for yourself. But the only frustrating part for me, buddy, in, in this topic of discussion is you're helping people with the most expensive buys and sells of their yes. life. So if you don't understand contract law and there's contracts, contracts change every year. And a lot of that stuff's important. And more times than not, deals go pretty smooth. And a word like and or or doesn't get you in court. You're right. More times than not, things are pretty smooth. Right. But what about the times when they're not? But you're just not versed enough and capable enough. So, I, I mean, I just... I'm not a fan of the one deal a year agent. Yeah, same. You know, like, I'm not, I'm, and, and let me, let me rephrase that. I'm not a fan of agents that coast that aren't in this and they'll just do a deal every once in a while when their friend or family member wants them to do something, but their effort, their intention, their time hasn't gone to being a professional and staying caught up with what real estate's doing. They're in it because it's cute to go sell a house. Yeah. I'm just, it's like, there's so much responsibility as a realtor, you know, like I politely just don't agree with the side where like, they just want to do it because it's cute to sell a house every once in a while, you know? So I, I don't want to say it's one a year because you could be trying your damn sure. hardest and only get one a year. Very so like, funny. let's take the number off of it. I think it's more so intent. Where's their intent and, and where's their due diligence in learning and being as professional as possible and making sure that they do a good job for people. I, I think that's the part that rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. And I think it's, it's like, are you, who are you in alignment with? Who are the people you're surrounding yourself with? Right? Like, and I think what you and I've identified is that we want to be around people that want to be the best version of themselves. We're not judging you if you're better than us. You're not where we're at. We're not judging you for any of that, but are you trying to be the best version of yourself each and every day? Are you giving your all? Are you yeah. willing to improve and do the work? Like that's the people we want to be around. And that's why this market is, is, you know, it's like, dude, thin the herd. Yep. 
that's why like this market doesn't bother me, man. Like it's probably needed, you know, like when the interest rates were so low and things were so crazy, it's like, and it just, uh, you got every channel on cable TV has real estate and all these cells going on. It's like, so the people that were just wanting to come in and, and, and see a romantic side of being a realtor, it's like, I think those people are going away. Yep. Right. So it's like, nah, man, I just, I don't, you know, like these, these markets right now, like they don't, they don't, they don't worry me in a sense of like, even if transactions slow a little bit, there's going to be a lot more to go around. Cause you got a lot less realtors competing. Right. So if you can really build your brand and your business, if you can really lead, you know, your, your, you know, immediate area, your, your neighborhoods, right. If you can really lead and be a subject matter expert, you're going to come out on top. You're going to come out, come out an industry leader, as you should, because you've earned it. Like during these times, this is when we're supposed to really be be great for our community, be leaders for our community, right? Like when I talked to Bill Pipes, is saying war wartime generals, right? Like this is where things are established. This is where people get talked about, not during these other times. And I think just the thinning of the herd is going to clear up a lot of transparency toward who you know who's really in this and who's not. And that's great because okay. that that allows everyone to just have a lot more clear idea as far as like who they should be putting themselves with. hundred percent, dude. I, yeah, I told, so I said this a year, about a year ago, I said in the next 12 months, more agents will exit the business than they have in the last five years combined. And that is the best thing that could happen for our business. Sure. Because like you said, the thinning of the herd, the strong will survive. It forces people to like competition. It forces everyone to be better and who wins Yeah. the homeowners, the buyers, the sellers, the people that we are supposed to be serving with the biggest purchase or asset of their life. Yep. They're the real winners. And so I think that all of this is great stuff that's happening is my 100%. opinion. I agree. You know, like there's, there's standards, buddy. And like, whether, whether an organization puts a standard out there or just the market itself, like it is yep. right. Like there is no written rule on what says you can get you to the NFL. There's no written standard on what gets you to major league baseball. It's just in a culmination of things and how well you are that says whether you're successful or not. And like, well, what what deems a guy successful? Catches, yards, touchdowns, like real applicable results that show like whether this guy's got a slower or fasty 40-yard dash than the next guy. Yeah, maybe he's a little slower, but he's smarter at this. But there's results. There's results. So yeah. when it comes to teams, when it comes to agents, hey, like it or not, opinion based, like opinion based or not, like at some point it's just gotta be result driven. That allows you to say you're 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 a professional or you're not, right? 100%. Yeah. Sorry for these plans, buddy. No worries, man. Man, I think, um, dude, this has been an amazing episode. I know I'm going to go back and rewatch it. I know you've got you've got things to do. You're a busy man. Um, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to be here, to give back, to contribute. Um, it's been an amazing episode. There's so much that you've taught me. Like I said, I'm going to go back and revisit. Um, any last go words, buy a Lambo like today, buddy. <laughs> any any last words any quote any advice you want to leave the people on yeah man if if you're still listening and, you, and you've been putting up with my shit for this long i'll tell you this if you message me on instagram will underscore grimes i will respond to you i literally respond to everybody within 24 hours i run my own social i'm i'm being super brash today i'm, I'm being super to points to be clear for the sake of a podcast and having limited amount of time to articulate a message just trust that everything I'm saying comes from such a beautiful place. It comes from such a place of care of if you're staying in real estate, I'm going to be one of your biggest helpers. As long as your actions say the same as what your ambition speaks of. Second to that, if it's not for you, I'm so okay that it's not. I'm almost happy to try to help you find what is your thing, right? Like, there, cause there's no judgment behind it, but we just got to know if it's your thing, it's because we act so not because we're, we're saying so, Right. We've got to have a certain capacity that says, hey, we actually are applicable and professional at this. But again, I'm being brash from a place of care. Right. Like I want people to live their best life. And I know for me, buddy, that was great in some other careers, but they weren't for me long term. But now I'm diving into some stuff that I really love. And a lot of those skill sets apply to this industry for me. And I found my home. Right. Like and that's yeah. cool. That's cool to say. So whether it's if real estate is, is the same for others or not, I just want people to find that so they feel how I feel so they can be the best version of themselves. Right. So I'm only I'm only striking nerves and I'm only being, you know, difficult from a place of care and and 
in an in, in attempt to have strangers listen to me, find the conversation in themselves that says, I'm going to go be great now, or man, I'm giving you some permission to not be here. And that's okay too. Right. But it's, yeah. it's like, man, I'm going to coach you to win or I'm going to coach you to quit one way or the other. Right. I love it, man. And I can speak to his character. I, I see him speak in person, heard his stories. Um, and I literally, after the event, messaged him on Instagram and he messaged me right back. So okay. it's, it's real. Um, what is your Instagram handle again? It is uh, my first name, Will, W-I-L-L underscore Grimes, G-R-I-M-E-S. So whoever you are, wherever you are, man, I'm DMing people all day and I'm trying to, to be that that beacon for them and, and message them. But yeah, man, I just feel like this, this conversation people have to have. But more times than not, by having it, you find out you do have more in the tank. You find out you do have more in yourself. And now we're going to go dare to be great. Maybe you just need permission to do that as well, right? But it's just a great conversation. Sometimes it's just got to come from what I would call productive conflict or productive friction. Like I might be striking some nerves right now and it's like, good, because it's going to speak to you and it's going to force you to have a conversation with yourself. That's going to put you in a direction of greatness, whether it's in real estate or not. I feel like it's going to further your greatness by just identifying more about where you're at with things. I love it, man. So what I, what that reminds me of is I say accountability is the highest form of love you can show an individual. Right. And so, but if, when I say that people are like, well, Matt, you were very direct. You were very tough, right? Like if they're watching this show, they've heard me like, dude, you didn't cross any lines. Don't worry about it. Um, I I appreciate the message and they will too. Like directness, our audience appreciates it. But I also like when in in society, did tough love become not love? Tough love people need to hear. That's where you learn the biggest lessons, right? Like think about the biggest coach in your life, the biggest influence. They told you the message. They told you the shit you didn't want to hear, but the shit you needed to hear. And I think everyone needed to hear your message today. And typically that works after you fell in love with football in the first place. Yeah. Right. Like I've had a lot of coaches hard on me in baseball, man. I had a lot of coaches, you know, our mentors in the Marine Corps, leaders in the Marine Corps hard on me, but I was already in love with being a Marine. So I'm so, I'm so, you know, uh, excited to like try to get people to have this conversation with themselves because you and I both know, man, like no matter how accountable I can be for you or to help you be for yourself, like, if you're not in it, if you don't love it, it's going to be hard to hold a certain standard, right? So that's why it's like, man, allowing people to have permission to have that conversation with themselves is so important. And then if you're in it, figure out how far you are, right? Because if, if you're a guy that holds people accountable and, and you're trying to create the best realtors in the country, that doesn't have to be your goal and that's okay. But then you just got to understand if you're going to be around that, that's the standard. Yep. So you just got to identify your circle and, and what makes you feel best. 100%. Cool. Will, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Um, dude, uh, this has been amazing. And uh, uh-huh. guys, go follow Will on Instagram. He's the real deal. Um, go check out his YouTube course. Like I, I personally endorse everything this man has to offer, the human being that he is. So go follow him, check him out. Will, thanks so much for being here. Appreciate it. Dude, much love, man. Appreciate you having me on. And again, man, sorry for the delay when I was clicking this link. I'm not the the most tech savvy, right? So no worries, man. Delay on that. All right, thanks. Thanks.